probability that one or more team members may be infected by intruder organism. 75%. If intruder organism reaches civilized areas, entire world population infected 27,000 hours from first contact. Welcome back to the Thing Minute Podcast, where we discuss John Carpenter's 1982 science fiction horror masterpiece, The Thing, one minute at a time. I'm Harper W. Harris from HarperWHarris.com, and joining me for the last day of the week is... Katie Mello. Hello. Cool. Thanks for uh, rounding out the week. Thank you. It's been, it's been a good five minutes, so I'm glad this worked out. <laughs> oh, yeah. I got, I've got a good, good minutes. I feel good about this. Yeah. A high, high, um, you've got definitely a high ratio of uh, deaths per minute and monsters per minute. <laughs> So, Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think I got what three three main characters because we don't see Blair again and the thing death. That's that true. Good. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guys. So, so yeah. At the beginning of this minute, we're left with just uh, just one character possibly surviving. So the beginning of uh, minute one hundred of the thing, we start with the uh, explosion, kind of the fire of the base, kind of starting to recede and go down a little bit, and then. Ends a minute later with uh, with McCready saying, "Not the only one." Uh, so basically, this minute sets up the the infamous end of this movie. So clearly, McCready has survived somehow. Um, he escaped that basement through some secret exit that we didn't know about, which is yeah, which is kind of interesting. I like I was looking at um, when I was taking notes for this minute. I was looking at uh, I mentioned in an earlier one that Outpost31.com has these great. They have a timeline and they have a, uh, these really great maps that they've made that they try and map out where everything happens in the movie. And um, uh, they there's they have it mapped out on the map of the basement where McCready escaped, which is pretty convenient. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> just it's basically just shoot. yeah, exactly. Just basically wh- wherever he jumped uh, right after he threw that explosive is apparently an exit of the basement. Nice. So. I'll, I'll buy it. Sure. <laughs> well, in that case, again, could Nolas have also found that and he went out that way? Yes. And that is what happened. I'm a huge believer that he's totally fine. I like that. We're, we're going to start this whole movement of the, the Nolas is still alive <laughs> theory that he's run, running out in the ice somewhere. Poor guy. <laughs> yeah. So basically, we're still seeing the, the burning base and then we cut to inside some kind of like burned out shell. I'm not sure exactly where this scene takes place. I was trying to figure that out. I don't know if this is like maybe the shack, Blair's shack. Oh. That's the only thing that makes sense to me because that they blew that up before they blew up everything else. Uh-huh. So that maybe it's not like still, you know, on fire and actively like it's burning Like a fire down. break. Yeah. Yeah. Because everything else like literally blew up like 10 seconds ago and would obviously still be on fire. So um, hmm. that's the only thing I can think of as to where, where this actually is. But uh, we're kind of looking through this like burned out doorway and we see that the, the base burning in the background and then we see a a figure a shadowy figure approaching and we don't know who it is until we see the the silhouette of a giant cowboy hat and then we know (laughs) (laughs) um so mccready has obviously survived and he's got some he got a blanket somewhere not sure maybe uh maybe he escaped through like the laundry sheet i'm so glad his hat survived (laughs) thank god (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah we've talked about how crazy this hat is and you know, I think if I was going to freeze to death, uh, that's not the hat I'd want. Like, I think <laughs> it doesn't look like the warmest hat to wear in Antarctica. 
Well, now that I think about it, this is all post-Indiana Jones, and that was such a big thing was his hat. And he'd always reach back to get it and stuff. It's true. So, so either uh, John Carpenter thought that hat was cool and wanted to do that, or well, or the you know the costume people that worked for the movie, <laughs> or in-universe of the movie, McCready was a big uh, Indiana Jones fan. Okay, I like that. He liked <laughs> Indiana Jones. He was like, I'm going to get me one of them hats. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, so he basically just comes to kind of settle in here. He's, he's got a blanket somewhere he got somewhere, and uh, he kind of settles down. And this is something interesting here that I didn't notice before. Just before uh, we see somebody sneaking in behind him, it looks like he's about to take a drink from this bottle that he's carrying, which, uh, which plays into some of the kind of fan theories. Um, are you familiar mm. with the, the gasoline no. theory? No, tell me. So, so this is pretty interesting. I didn't, I'd never known about this until... Uh, pretty recently when I was, you know, looking at stuff for the podcast, but there's a, a pretty wide, widely believed fan theory that, uh, that Childs is the thing because later it's not, not in this minute, but later when he offers, when uh, McCready offers Childs a drink that, mm-hmm. that he's giving him a Molotov cocktail that's full of gasoline and that no. Childs drinks it and doesn't act like anything's amiss. So uh, McCready knows that he's the thing. It's pretty cool. It's a pretty interesting theory. I mean, there's not, there's not a ton to like, you know, back it up, but hmm. you know, it's a, it's an interesting idea. But the fact to me in this minute that McCready looks like he's about to take a sip of it himself, it, yeah. kind of debunks it a little bit. <laughs> well, I remember back in the '90s there was, and I was going to dig through and find it, but I, I decided I, I didn't. There was a <laughs> sequel to this. There was a comic book, mm-hmm. and it picks up at this point. Yeah, and and they get picked up by a boat, and it turns out Childs is infected. Yeah. But I just, I was for this. I was like, you know, that's someone else's idea. Yeah. There's, there's the comics, uh, that, that deal with that and that, yeah, it's, they're, they're okay. They don't really have a lot of the same kind of like, you know, heart behind the thing. Like the central idea Mm -hmm. of paranoia and stuff is obviously not done as well there and everything. They're kind of interesting, but, and there's also a video game too that takes place after this. Yeah. The video game sounds kind of exciting. It does. It sounded, I've never played it, but uh, the mechanics of it sound really, really interesting. The whole, like you have like a paranoia meter. um, I like that. Yeah. (laughs) Where people like your companions and stuff will start to go crazy if you don't like find ways to calm them down, (laughs) which is kind of interesting. Uh, I wish I had that kind of in real life. Like (laughs) sort of see meters of, you know, what's, happening with other like oh don't say that anymore stop saying that yeah really maybe, maybe co-workers wouldn't like drive you as exactly. crazy if they knew like your insanity meter was was getting yeah. high <laughs> whatever stop doing that you're making their insanity meter exactly. <laughs> like do you not see this <laughs> yeah that would be pretty helpful um, <laughs> but yeah so there there is some stuff that's like borderline canonical that happens after this but I, 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 I tend to think of uh, this movie stands alone and, and look at Absolutely. just the evidence here for sure. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so basically McCready's, I guess, kind of resigning himself to kind of, you know, have a drink and, and slowly fade away. But then another, you know, just as he kind of walked up in, in shadow, we see another shadowy figure approach from behind him. And he turns around and it's, uh, it's our good buddy Childs who disappeared earlier, mysteriously. <laughs> So yeah, this sets up this whole final scene where, you know, obviously as they get into it later, they're trying to decide, you know, if either of them are still the thing and what they're going to do. But in this minute, we basically just get them. Uh, Childs comes up with a flamethrower, so obviously he he doesn't know whether McCready is is uh, a thing or not. That maybe McCready escaped the explosion as the thing, 
Um, and he says, are you the only one who made it? And Mac, as cool as ever, has to say, uh, not the only one, which... So what if he had said something else? What if he'd said, no, Nels is there too? Yeah, Would really. he then have attacked him? Yeah, good question. Yeah, it seems like there's like... I, I was thinking about this from Child's point of view. If if he said not the only one, I'd be like, all right, well, like who else survived? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, all right, enough of the one-liner quips. Like, get to it. <laughs> this is our survival we're talking about here. And he's checking him out. So he's like, yeah, so are you the only one? Because if he knows he's a thing and he's like, well, you dumb human. Because if, if he starts trouble with the human, the human could kill him and then that could wreck his plan. But it's important to him to know all the information he can't, what if he had, what if he had just lied even and said, no, there's somebody else. Would he then have child's have attacked him? Right. But you mean, if you mean, he was in fact a thing, which I don't know if he's a thing. Right. So yeah. If, so if child's is the thing, then yeah, McCready. Yeah. I don't know if, if saying there was another person left would mean that maybe the thing would like kind of take it slower and be like, Oh, well there's more people I can assimilate. I, I should probably, mm-hmm. but then again, there's nobody else here right now. Like, yeah. I mean, the whole thing is, Oh, that's true that there is just, like, there's nobody watching, right? Yeah. So, yeah, it's, that's why, you know, it's one of the many reasons why this last scene is such a masterful way to end it's this so movie. It's so great. It's just yeah, that, it's so great. you know, the whole thing is that, like, they don't know whether, they don't know whether each other are humans or the thing, but also it's like, you know, there's nobody else watching. Like, why wouldn't it just take you over? But then, you know, it's, it's like one of those one of those riddles where you're constantly going back mm-hmm. and forth. You're like, but if he knows what I know, what he knows. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think um, it's in the thing's best interest to just it wants to go to sleep Agreed. so it doesn't do it any good if child's is the thing to attack mccready that yeah. could only mess up his plans right agreed like yeah that's that's kind of to me that's almost a, a little bitty logic flaw in the end of this movie where like even just the whole the whole setup of them like blowing up the base they're like oh well it wants to freeze so we're gonna blow up the base and it's like, well, then couldn't the thing just like run away from the base? Like, just leave? <laughs> like, if it wants yeah. to freeze, couldn't it freeze anywhere else in Antarctica? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and yeah, that's kind of the same thing we get here is like, yeah, you know, you know, we could even question whether McCready got infected at this last moment. Absolutely. Absolutely. We, yeah. Where has he been? Exactly. Absolutely. Like, you know, we've seen these explosions, but we don't know how he escaped. And we don't mm-hmm. know, you know, maybe even while he was escaping, one of those tentacles got to him or something. Well, so. it's illogical that he actually did escape. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, even there's definitely, uh, you know, some some questioning there, too. So there's two two beings here that, uh, you know, don't know what each other are. And that's that's a question, too. You know, we talked about the thing maybe having like a hive mind or something. If these mm. what if if they're both the thing, would they know it? <laughs> Uh, so this leads to the question of if one of them is human and if one of them isn't, if they both were the thing, they would both know. And they'd be like, hey, Bob, what's up? Right. But one of them is obviously human, one or both. But that's the question. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like to think if they were both the thing, they'd just be like, you know, they do the, the tentacle equivalent of like a handshake. Or <laughs> yeah. Like, looks like we made it, buddy. <laughs> um, so I have to ask the question. I... It's sort of a, a little bit of <laughs> a side note. Uh, my work recently, we did a, the, a fuse. Um, I think it's, oh, I should look it up and they'll be mad at me. Is it iced tea? Fuse iced tea commercial with Mr. Mm-hmm. T. And everybody, or uh, 
our director and producer got to meet Mr. T and they said he was a wonderful human being and just such a great person, which I always love to hear that someone is awesome. Yeah. Like such a great guy. And it got me into thinking that what if Childs was Mr. T? Played by (laughs) Mr. T. Because this was sort of like in his time. It was, you're right. A pretty hot property. What if he was Mr. T? Oh, that would be really interesting. I'd love to see somebody do a like an SNL skit of of uh, (laughs) the ending of this movie with Childs played by Mr. T. (laughs) I think it would really make it you'd really question more because this guy is a bit of an unknown. But boy, I looked at his IMDb and like that guy's been working. Like he has worked. He's he's a working actor. Uh, Who, Mr. T or Keith David? (laughs) Keith David. Oh, yeah. But what if it was Mr. T? Because I think that would really... Mr. T versus Kurt Russell? Neither (laughs) of them could be the the thing, right? I don't know. Then Yeah, then then there would have definitely been a sequel to this movie. Like an Expendables-style sequel. Kurt Russell and Mr. (laughs) T. I just... I was thinking about... Oh, wow. I I would like to see that. (laughs) I I think I would, too. This guy did a great... Great job, but what if it was Mr. T? And would he have his mohawk? Would he be Mr. T? Because that's a lot of upkeep for the Antarctic. This is true. A lot of, a lot of chains and stuff to deal with. And yeah, there's a there's a whole thing with the in the prequel. You know, one of the it's I, I it's one thing I hate about the prequel that they established this rule that the thing can't uh, recreate inorganic stuff like fillings or earrings. Oh. Well, then how are they wearing clothes? They should all be naked. Yeah, well, they, I guess they, they're supposed to be established that, like, after they rip through the clothes, they just have Mm-mm. to go find clothes. No, uh-uh. <laughs> Which is not as fun. Naked. Um, there would be yeah, much but- more ladies in Antarctica if that was the, the deal. <laughs> 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 if this was an 80s movie and that was the deal, was that they couldn't put on their clothes. It would be a whole different movie. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Mr. T would have some real problems there where, uh, you know, Mac would be like, hey, what happened to all of your hundreds of gold chains? Yeah, it'd be- I think that was just B.A. Baracus. Was that Mr. T? I think that was just his, his A-team guy. I think Mr. T just had the, the mohawk. Okay. Which well- he still has. He still has his mohawk. Does he really? Uh-huh. Awesome. My friend was like proudly took a picture of him with, with like a selfie. It was really good. That's awesome. So, yes, now I will never be able to watch the ending of this movie without thinking about Mr. T, which <laughs> thank, thank you so much for that. <laughs> I, uh, I, had, I had some notes about the, in the script. This ending is pretty, pretty similar, but uh, this minute had one, one major difference, which I thought was kind of funny, that uh, as McCready walks up and, and sits down here, he's, uh, he's smoking a cigar, which seems Where like... Where do you get that? That's, what, that's the first big good question. <laughs> <laughs> To me, it just seems like that's so like, that's way, he should not be that relaxed. <laughs> did, he, did he say, I love it when a plan comes together? <laughs> Nobody Speaking should of have. Speaking Mr. T. <laughs> yeah, really. He really should have. Um, <laughs> he's basically, he's smoking a cigar. And then it's funny because that seems like way too calm. And then yeah. uh, as Childs approaches in the script, it's much more realistic where Childs approaches and he's been like, he has like major frostbite. Like he's lost two fingers. Uh. And his face oh, like is like that. starting to turn black with, from the frostbite. Mm, and they actually yeah. talk about it. Like, he's like, yeah, I think my, I, I can't feel my toes anymore. I think they're probably gone too. Uh, but that says more that he's human. True. Yeah, that's a good point. Maybe Because the fact- I actually was wondering that. So, so he walks up and he's actually looking really good. So that's, that's to me an indicator that maybe he's not human. So, but if you're saying that he's actually suffering, that says he is human. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. In the script, yeah, it's definitely much more defined that he's like been out in the cold for a really long time, so it's a little bit more believable. But you're right; he doesn't look 
Like Kurt Russell looks, looks much fun. more harried and and frozen mm-hmm. than than uh, than Keith David does. You're right. Um, so mm. yeah, another another point in the camp for uh, Childs being the thing here. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, so just given given the evidence, even outside of our minutes here, like you know, watching the rest of the movie, what what tends to be your uh, your thoughts about who's who at the end of this movie? Boy, I always wonder, and I. I did read that comic in the 90s, so then that made me feel like that Childs is infected. But mm-hmm. boy, I love that it's up in the air. And then I love that now Nollis was hiding and maybe he's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but there's just chunks everywhere. Like, okay, so he blew the thing up, but that means that there's chunks everywhere, right? And if each one of those chunks, if the teensiest, tiniest bit of blood, I mean, it doesn't matter. That spaceship is full of aliens. The other camp is full of aliens. Like they're 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 screwed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you definitely if you look at it under a microscope, it definitely seems like the thing seems impossible to kill. Yeah, like, it's a really tough bad guy. Right. Like if if the blood itself is like you know is mm-hmm. its own organism and can move around and is sentient, then yeah. You and know, if the blood could freeze, there was a hundred percent blood somewhere. If the blood could freeze. Right. Yeah. Like there's got to be at least, I mean, we're talking about if one single cell of this thing didn't get mm-hmm. burned in this explosion or, you know, and, and like you said, that's totally ignoring the fact that, you know, maybe there's more of the thing in the spaceship or at the, at the Norwegian camp, or, um, mm-hmm. I think it's even arguable that there's uh, another part of the thing that got away during the, during the Norris transformation or during the dog transformation. Oh, yeah. There's so many opportunities for something to have run away. Yeah. I mean, when you're, when you're talking about something that like, can you know regenerate from a single cell then Mm -hmm. you know you're kind of hopeless like the earth has to be blown up for this (laughs) (laughs) for the thing to uh to be destroyed and that might might not even do it yeah so yeah i tend to i I love the ambiguity of it so i I try not to absolutely i i I love the ambiguity and the other side of my brain also loves the fan theories like it's such a fun thing to, to dig into um but uh, I like uh, my. I think my favorite thing to think about is just that they're both human, uh, because to me I think that they're probably both human. Yeah. To me, that kind of sums up like the the whole theme of the movie that like you know paranoia and mob rule is is much more terrifying than some space alien. Um, that yeah. that's way more dangerous because we have a whole a huge section of this movie where there are no creatures, there's no monster attacks or anything uh, that you know. That's much scarier, and so for uh, them both to be human. You just made me think of the original Twilight Zone. There was the the aliens on. Uh, I I'm just thinking about it, so I don't know. The, but there's the aliens on someone drive or something, and they get all freaked out, and they. Anyway, it turns I don't out know if I've seen that one. Like the monsters are them, kind of a thing. Like what you would turn into if you thought your neighbors were aliens, and how you would uh. deny them help and. And that in the end, you yourself are the monster. Right. Which I think about two thirds of the Twilight Zone episodes end with the whole like, who, who's <laughs> the real monster? And guess what? You were the monster. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Saw that one coming. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, that's that's kind of my favorite interpretation of it. Um, Absolutely. Just... And that's, and I'm thinking like 28 days later, like that's a, a reoccurring theme is the monster is is you the monster is humanity the monster is you the monster's not caring yeah, yeah. absolutely and, and basically just the idea too that like these guys would rather let themselves just freeze to death here because they don't trust each other 
Like, oh yeah. Not not that there's like that there's a really well defined way that they could escape this. Like yeah. it, it's pretty nihilistic. It's pretty off. Uh, you know, it doesn't seem like they're going to escape regardless. But you know, the fact that they can't even trust each other, uh, you know, to as they're in their last breaths, is uh, is pretty poignant and interesting. Yeah, I think. that is really good. What what would you do? What would you do? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you're I mean, McCready and this guy walks up who you haven't seen in a really long time and all this crazy shit's happened. What well, would you do? Well, if I'm McCready, I'm going to be like, uh, uh, I, I don't know. I feel like if I'm McCready, I'm probably going to try and attack him just because. Would you? I, uh, maybe. I mean, I don't know. McCready is pretty, he's pretty gung-ho about this, but at the same time, he's also, I don't know. It's kind of hard to say because like in the blood test scene stuff, he's pretty like accusatory. But he also doesn't do anything until he's sure that he's the thing. Yeah. Like he, you know, it, it's not, he's not like, um, like Childs or Palmer, uh, who are like ready at a moment's notice to burn somebody to death just because they suspect that they're the thing. Like when McCready's busting back into the base. Yeah. So, so what if he had just burned him to death and then it turned out it was really was Childs and he was the murderer for real murderer? But I'm, I don't know. Yeah. He must so, really think Childs is human. Yeah, I mean, either that or he really is, like, on death's door and he's, like, you know, minutes from freezing to death. I, I talked about in last week's minutes, you know, they still, uh, they talk about in a few minutes from now that uh, the fires have got the temperatures up around the camp, which would let them live a little bit longer. But, mm. um, you know, McCready earlier says that it's going to be 100 below uh, since they cut the generator. And it sounds like from just looking around online a little bit, it sounds like in 100 degree below weather, uh, a human being can survive for about three minutes, which wow. is like... Well, that really sounds like then he's been turned, too. But the fact that he's still alive? That he's like, let's just sit here and and we'll just freeze. Yeah, sounds I mean... Sounds like maybe he has been turned. Yeah, it's that I love that the way that that kind of folds out, too, because it is like, uh, you know, th- that's the response that a human and a thing would also have. Mm-hmm. Like the thing yeah. wants to freeze so that it can be rescued or, you know, so that it can infect whoever finds them. But the human also would be like, you know, look, I'm, I'm probably about to die. I really don't want to deal with this right now. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like, let's just. When they say before, if you die of hypothermia, you actually get really warm first. Sometimes yeah. they find people and they've taken all their clothes off. Really? Because that's they interesting. get hot. Yeah, it's this weird like reversal where your brain just goes crazy and you take all your clothes off and then you die even faster. Yeah. So maybe maybe that's where he is, where he's warm and happy and like whatever. He's about to die. Yeah, he's got that kind of euphoric mm-hmm. thing going on. He's a, his life is flashing before his eyes. <laughs> um, oh, I love it. I love oh, the sh- Stephen King's short stories like Graveyard Shift and um, Skeleton Crew are some of my favorites and I feel like this is where this they're very it feels very 70s like people just don't do this anymore with this ending where in those short stories the bad guy would eat the narrator of the story (laughs) and you know that it's getting bigger and the world is screwed but i i just love that because it's just so refreshing after the good guy always winning yeah it's true there there are very few movies and stories too really now that end with this kind of ambiguous ending um, Without setting it up then for a sequel, like there's no thing after the credits saying, well, "Oh, guess what? This is it." <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, if this if this movie was made in like 2016 or something, then uh, after the credits there would have been a scene where Childs like uh, a tentacle like starts creeping out yeah, of his absolutely. out of his collar or something. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm so glad there's not. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's 
The ambiguous ending is is amazing, and I think it's one of the major reasons why this movie has stood the test of time. But it's Absolutely. also probably one of the major reasons why it did incredibly poorly when it came out. Um, <laughs> people did not like this. They uh, they were seeing ET that came out the same week, and were probably, you know, <laughs> that movie doesn't end with uh, with with ET's spaceship like you know not working, and and it's like the end. Like <laughs> <laughs> he's turning the gate. Yeah. <laughs> the end. Yeah, it's got a pretty definite positive ending. <laughs> so this one is, uh, you know, if, if you look at this too with uh, Carpenter's other movies that, you know, he calls this kind of apo- loose apocalypse trilogy with uh, Prince of Darkness and In the Mouth of Madness. Um, I heard you saying that, and I don't think that I have seen either one of those. Ah, they're really, really good. They're they're not, oh. neither of them are like special effects, um, uh, as special effects heavy as this movie is. But they're both uh, just fantastic horror movies. They're re- mm. And they're, they're both very, very different and really, really interesting and cool. Um, but yeah, In the Mouth of Madness is the movie where the apocalypse definitely happens. Mm. Uh, like it's pretty, pretty for sure that that's going on. And then um, Prince of Darkness is the movie where it's narrowly avoided. And this is the movie where you don't know whether apocalypse mm. has occurred or not. It's supposed to be the one in between. Um, so yeah, it's it's interesting because it's it's a very ambiguous ending, but regardless of <laughs> like it's ambiguous, but it's not ambiguous in a way where like uh there's a possibility of a good of a happy ending. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like either one of these guys is the thing and the whole earth is doomed, <laughs> or they're both human and they both die. <laughs> it's a bad ending or a terrible ending. <laughs> right. So uh yeah, not not a happy ending for these guys regardless. <laughs> Yeah, but I think that's that's all I had for minute one hundred of of the movie. Um, do you have I anything did, else? I, I did want to take a minute to say uh, when I was when I saw this at this seventy millimeter at mm-hmm. Hollywood Theater, there were some people selling the Thing art book by Printed yeah. in Blood Press, and I love art books, and this is an amazing art book. And if anyone likes, it's about four hundred pages of all these beautiful full color, just art made by all different artists of the thing and i you should put a link to it and i think if you're if you like the thing you should probably own this book i think it was really reasonable it was like 40 dollars for a big thick beautiful book yeah and it's huge it's giant um yeah yeah, and it's fantastic there's and it's really cool because because there's so many of uh different illustrations there's all kinds of different styles and like Mm -hmm. and you and they kind of separate it loosely in terms of like the chapters are kind of like um, sort of in the order of the movie, but kind of separated by different like beats of the movie. Like there's kind of a, mm-hmm. a, a section that mostly is like Benning's assimilations and some that are and one that's like mostly Norris stuff and um, some that are like the dog. And so there's all kinds of different styles and there's all kind of different takes. So, you know, there's some cool like, you know, illustrations of scenes from the movies and more like uh, realistic looking uh, portraits of the characters. And then there's some, Person, my personal favorites are the ones that are like almost like new movie posters that have these yeah. really clever designs. Um, I'll have I'll have to post it. I've, a lot of them. It's, I've, I've been wanting to post a lot of these on the on the Thing Minute Twitter and stuff, but it's sometimes they're the illustrations themselves are hard to find online, and I don't want to like mm. you know scan the book. I may, I may end up yeah. having to do that. But <laughs> my personal favorite. I wish I remember the artist's name, but there's this one where it's like this super cool bird's eye view of the UFO. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the you can see like it's this really almost photo accurate looking uh, bird's eye view of that whole scene in the snow. Like you see the helicopter off to the side and then 
the the little hole where they where the Norwegians dug up the thing makes up mm-hmm. the eye mm-hmm. in the word thing. Oh, yeah, I do know what you're talking about. That is a good one. I yeah, it's super cool. Yeah, um, but there are tons of really really cool ones. So yeah, if you're if you're a fan of this movie, it's hard to not. It's hard to justify not owning it for sure. Oh, it's pretty I amazing. Was so excited, and I just—it's such a great book. I love it. So I have nothing to do with it, but <laughs> <laughs> that's how much I like it. I think it's great. That's my plug. Yeah, and I'm I'm actually really excited too that uh, that Printed in Blood, the company that put it out, it's the first book they've done. So I'm really excited to see. I hope they do this for another movie too. Um, yeah, because I I went online and I was like, what other movies have you done? Because I will buy your next book. And yeah, I was totally. Like, oh, this is the only one. Yeah, most definitely. I really, I'm, I'm like, I was trying to think of what I'd want to see. Like, uh, I mean, Alien seems like a good one. Or it looked like they did a little bit with Alien, yeah. Yeah, so that would be that would be pretty neat. But um, yeah, I'm excited to see what they come out with next. I like this because I feel like Alien had Giger and it had so much art. I feel like True. this has so much concept and so much cool stuff out there. And there's not a lot. Like I was saying, like, what if the things came to dinosaurs? And there's so much potential, and I love seeing this. Like the potential thought about. Yeah, for sure. And you know that that actually that reminds me of something. I I really wish there was a behind the scenes book for this movie too, with all the because yeah. there, there are so many. I had no idea until I started digging into the research for the podcast how many uh, you know early concept drawings and storyboards and uh, you know photos from behind the scenes of stuff that they never shot. And there's so much material out there that that you know it would be really cool for somebody to assemble all that and and make something out of it. I, I, I would totally. I'd buy that in a heartbeat. But um, yeah. Definitely, uh, you know, for people listening in, you know, do a couple quick searches and uh, I'll put another link. Uh, I've brought it up a lot that um, Stuart Cohen, who is one of the producers on the movie, has an incredible blog um, called The Original Fan, where he he talks a lot about kind of how they made the movie. And he has a lot of really cool pictures and stuff up on there, too. So that's definitely worth a visit for for fans. But um, yeah, so uh, I guess this is this is the end of our week. So any last Aww. cracks at the bat about about the thing? What? What are your overall thoughts about this movie? <laughs> oh, it's pretty great. I love it. I'm super excited to get to do this, and I'm glad you're hosting this podcast. This is great. Yeah, definitely. I'm I'm really glad this worked out. It was it's it was very fortuitous that we uh you know kind of connected at, at the right time to be able to put pull these minutes in, pull you in for these minutes because it's just nice. It's perfect. So yeah, it's been awesome. <laughs> okay, well, thank you very much. Yeah, so I think we'll uh, we'll wrap up minute 100 there, but um. If you like the show and you want to support us, you can go to thethingminute.com slash Amazon, and that'll take you to the Amazon homepage, and you can uh, do your regular shopping, and we just get a small percentage of whatever you buy from Amazon. You can also donate directly to the show using the donate button at the bottom of thethingminute.com, and uh, every little bit helps to cover you know the hosting fees and website costs and stuff like that, so we really appreciate the people that have done that. And um, yeah, I'm glad we, we made it into 2018, and if, uh, if anybody's still human by next week, then come back for another episode of The Thing Minutes. The Thing Minute. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please go to thethingminute.com. There you'll find the show notes with links to anything we talked about on this episode and lots of other resources on The Thing. You can also find us on Twitter at The Thing Minute and on Facebook at facebook.com slash thethingminute. But most importantly, subscribe, rate, and review us in iTunes so you'll never miss an episode. Check out other podcasts like this at moviesbyminutes.com and be sure to head over to starwarsminute.com to listen to the team that started it all. Thanks for listening, and until next time, this is Harper signing out. Harper.